near-death experiences can intrigue even the toughest skeptics. The story is no exception. Stay tuned. It's time for Survivor Angels, an approach to strengthen trauma survivors. Here, you can escape what draws negativity and engage your positive abilities and the gifts that you've always had. Let's activate your angels. And to help you on that journey, here's Chaplain Jody. One of the reasons that I believe we're so fascinated with spirits and ghosts and demons and angels is because we want to know what the end game is. We want some facts. Well, we might not have all the facts, but my next guest here on Survivor Angels is a very dear friend from Lake Tahoe, Glenda Shoemaker. Here's her story of how she died and how she lives to tell about it. So in 2012, I had a major back injury that doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. Eventually found out it was a ruptured disc, but in the meantime, they had prescribed me all kinds of medicine to try to relieve the pain. Ended up combining some things that should not have been combined. It wasn't caught at the pharmacist and also prescribed me something that I ended up having an allergic reaction to on top of the interaction. I ended up being found by my youngest daughter after she couldn't reach me when I was babysitting my granddaughter. When she found me, my body was cold. It was blue, it had no pulse, I had no breath. She called 911, of course. She did CPR, trying to do whatever she could as uh, can imagine a desperate child trying to save her mom. Ambulance got there, they took me to the hospital. They were able to resuscitate me. I was intubated, which means I had, was on a ventilator. Um, I had what would be basically a pacemaker that would, was keeping my heart beating. So it was artificially beating. I was basically on 100% life support. Um, the doctors, after they did the test, they found incredibly high level of toxin reaction in my blood. And they said to my oldest daughter, who was 24 at the time, who had to bear this on her own, that I wasn't going to make it through the night because I had what's called multiple organ dysfunction sy syndrome called MODS, which means my heart, my lungs, my liver, and kidneys all shut down at the same time. She said my, the doctor said my brain was going to swell overnight, and it would basically not let me survive. I would die. I was going to die. And it was with absolute surety in the doctor's eyes that I was going to die. I remember going back and reading the medical reports and then just look the words that stuck out to me was highly critical. It was like every other sentence, patient is highly critical. Advised family, highly critical. And anybody that knows anything about a medical field knows what that diagnosis means. Um, it doesn't mean you're gonna survive. It's letting them know that they need to call family members, which is what they told her to do. Call your family members, get them here. My husband, um, was in Southern California at the time. There was no way he could make there in the matter of hours that they said I had at that point. So it's funny that he says, no, nope, refuse delivery. No, nope, she's going to be fine. He believed it. 
100%. Nope, she's going to be fine. She's going to pull, pull through it. She's fine. Nobody else was saying that. Um, so I did. I made it through the night. And I said, okay, even if she makes it through today, she's she's going to be in an institution the rest of her life. She'll be a vegetable. She won't have any brain function. She has very little brain function now. But as I'm laying there, I can hear the doctors talking to my kids. Mind you, they're not picking up a lot of brain activity. I'm on a ventilator. I'm in a coma. I'm in a medically induced coma and I can hear them talking. And I remember this feeling of, I'm not going to die. I refuse it. I'm not, I'm so scared, I cannot leave my kids. And I just felt absolutely, it's hard to explain, just like supported, like you knew, I knew I wasn't there alone. And then going to the ICU, I never felt alone. I was alone in that room, staring up at the, the fake clouds on the ceiling. Even though I was in a coma, I could still see the clouds. Even though my eyes were tight, taped shut. And still see myself looking up at the clouds. Um, and just, I knew I wasn't alone. It was 100%. It's like it was almost physically encompassed. Like, like a nice warm blanket was wrapped around. Like nobody was letting me go. And I knew it. I knew I wasn't going to go. I knew it with, like I said, it wasn't like a belief. It wasn't like, and I think, well, maybe it was at a level of surety as I know I'm sitting here right now. An absolute 1000%. Absolutely. I'm going to make it. I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I just celebrated last year my 10-year anniversary of being released from the hospital when i left the hospital my my heart had come back started beating all on its own all of a sudden i could breathe on my own learning to breathe on your own again is a painful process but i did it people usually don't come off of ventilators when they've been on that long my liver all of a sudden just repaired itself which contrary to popular belief it actually does not it's not a medical process the last thing that was left was my kidneys. I had to be on dialysis. At that time, I had four dialysis ports because the type of dialysis that I had, I ended up with what's called end-stage renal disease. It is the last stage of complete and total kidney failure to where you have to have a, trans a transplant to survive. So I was on dialysis for three months. I go in and have a blood test, and they say, wow, your levels, it's called the creatinine level, was at the level where, well, you might be ready to come off dialysis. It has to be wrong, so let's run it again, because this, there's no way. That was a constant theme that I kept hearing. There's no way this is happening. There's no way this is happening. And so I go into my nephrologist, my kidney doctor, and she said, you're good. You're off dialysis. I literally asked her, like, for this week, I don't have to go in this week because I had to go in three times a week, four hours at a time. And if you don't go, if you don't have dialysis, you die. So, and she goes, no, we're good. I said, and I, I just, I broke down. I broke down and just started crying. Like, I really don't have to have dialysis because it wipes you out. It's a full blood transfusion. 
I mean, you're getting your own blood back, but it takes everything out. So on my five-year anniversary, I go back to my nephrologist because they have to do an annual checkup, make sure you're good. And he said, okay, you're no longer my problem. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, doc, um, have you ever seen this before? And I'm going to quote him here. He's old cowboy. He's all, hell, hun, I've been doing this for 45 years. I've not only seen it, I've never even heard of this happening. Because I've never read of this happening. People don't recover from what you recovered from. You do, they don't. People get kidney transplants and they survive for two years and they're gone. So not only did my heart, which is the center of everything, my lungs, my kidney, my liver, all fail with absolute 100% chance of death at that point. Not only did I survive, I completely recovered from something that people don't recover from. So I have one question for you. Mm -hmm. Was it the angels? 100%. I wasn't alone. I could feel it. Even when I was in a coma, where people are not supposed to have conscious thought, and I'm just getting chills just thinking about it. You're not supposed to have conscious thought. I had very little brain activity. I knew I was surrounded. And I felt like <clears throat> I felt like they were battling for me almost. Like they were keeping things at bay. There is a picture that I saw in the bookstore once, and it was Michael. And he was standing over the bed of a child. And he was standing with just a staff and he looked just majestic and he looked so protective and just that image of standing there like this one's mine is honestly what it felt like like you're not coming here so it's my angel story thanks again for joining chaplain jody on survivor angels for more information go to chaplainjody.me that's chaplainjody.me and on Facebook at Survivor Angels Chaplain Jody. Sound effects for the show created by Andre Opate and provided by Pixbay. This is Dave Schrader. Until next time, sending you off to activate your angels. So in 2012, I had a major back injury that doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong, eventually found out it was a ruptured disc. But in the meantime, they had prescribed me all kinds of medicine to try to relieve the pain. Ended up combining some things that should not have been combined. It wasn't caught at the pharmacist and also prescribed me something that I ended up having an allergic reaction to on top of the interaction. I ended up being found by my youngest daughter after she couldn't reach me when I was babysitting my granddaughter. When she found me, my body was cold. It was blue. It had no pulse. I had no breath. She called 911, of course. She did CPR, trying to do whatever she could, as you can imagine, a desperate child trying to save her mom. Ambulance got there. They took me to the hospital. They were able to resuscitate me. I was intubated. 
which means I had was on a ventilator. Um, I had what would be basically a pacemaker that was, was keeping my heart beating. So it was artificially beating. I was basically on 100% life support. Um, the doctors, after they did the test, they found incredibly high level of toxin reaction in my blood. And they said to my oldest daughter, who was 24 at the time, who had to bear this on her own, that I wasn't going to make it through the night because I had what's called multiple organ dysfunction sy syndrome called MODS, which means my heart, my lungs, my liver, and kidneys all shut down at the same time. Said my the doctor said my brain was going to swell overnight, and it would basically not let me survive. I would die. I was going to die, and it was with absolute surety in the doctor's eyes that I was going to die. I remember going back and reading the medical reports, and then just look the words that stuck out to me was highly critical. It was like every other sentence: patient is highly critical, advise family highly critical. And anybody that knows anything about a medical field knows what that diagnosis means. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to survive. It's letting them know that they need to call family members, which is what they told her to do. Call your family members, get them here. My husband um, was in Southern California at the time. There was no way he could make there in the matter of hours that they said I had at that point. So it's funny that he says, no, nope, refuse delivery. No, nope, she's going to be fine. He believed it. 100%. Nope, she's going to be fine. She's going to pull, pull through it. She's fine. Nobody else was saying that. Um, so I did. I made it through the night. And I said, okay, even if she makes it through today, she's she's going to be in an institution the rest of her life. She'll be a vegetable. She won't have any brain function. She has very little brain function now. But as I'm laying there, I can hear the doctors talking to my kids. Mind you, they're not picking up a lot of brain activity. I'm on a ventilator. I'm in a coma. I'm in a medically induced coma and I can hear them talking. And I remember this feeling of, I'm not going to die. I refuse it. I'm not, I'm so scared I cannot leave my kids. And I just felt absolutely, it's hard to explain, just like supported, like you knew, I knew I wasn't there alone. And then going to the ICU, I never felt alone. I was alone in that room, staring up at the, the fake clouds on the ceiling. Even though I was in a coma, I could still see the clouds. Even though my eyes were tight, tape shut. And still see myself looking up at the clouds. Um, and just, I knew I wasn't alone. It was 100%. It's like it was almost physically encompassed, like like a nice warm blanket was wrapped around, like nobody was letting me go. And I knew it. I knew I wasn't going to go. I knew it with, like I said, it wasn't like a belief. It wasn't like, and I think, well, maybe it was at a level of surety as I know I'm sitting here right now, an absolute 1,000%. Absolutely, I'm going to make it. I'm not giving up. I'm not. I'm not leaving. I just celebrated last year my 10-year anniversary of being released from the hospital. When I left the hospital, my my 
heart had come back, started beating all on its own. All of a sudden I could breathe on my own. Learning to breathe on your own again is a painful process, but I did it. People usually don't come off of ventilators when they've been on that long. My liver all of a sudden just repaired itself. Which contrary to popular belief, it actually does not. It's not a medical process. The last thing that was left was my kidneys. I had to be on dialysis. At that time, I had four dialysis ports because the type of dialysis that I had, I ended up with what's called end-stage renal disease. It is the last stage of complete and total kidney failure to where you have to have a, trans a transplant to survive. So I was on dialysis for three months. I go in and have a blood test and they say, wow, your levels, it's called the creatinine level was at the level where, well, you might be ready to come off dialysis. It has to be wrong. So let's run it again because this, there's no way. That was a constant theme that I kept hearing. There's no way this is happening. There's no way this is happening. And so I go into my nephrologist, my kidney doctor, and she said, you're good. You're off dialysis. I, I literally asked her, like, for this week, I don't have to go in this week because I had to go in three times a week, four hours at a time. And if you don't go, if you don't have dialysis, you die. So, and she goes, no, we're good. I said, and I, I just, I broke down. I broke down and just started crying. Like, I really don't have to have dialysis because it wipes you out. It's a full blood transfusion. I mean, you're getting your own blood back, but it takes everything out. So on my five-year anniversary, I go back to my nephrologist because they have to do an annual checkup, make sure you're good. And he said, okay, you're no longer my problem. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, doc, I'm, have you ever seen this before? And I'm going to quote him here. He's old cowboy. He's all... Hell, hon, I've been doing this for 45 years. I've not only seen it, I've never even heard of this happening. Because I've never read of this happening. People don't recover from what you recovered from. They, do, they don't. People get kidney transplants and they survive for two years and they're gone. So not only did my heart, which is the center of everything, my lungs, my kidney, my liver, all fail, with absolute 100% chance of death at that point. Not only did I survive, I completely recovered from something that people don't recover from. So I have one question for you. Mm -hmm. Was it the angels? 100%. I wasn't alone. I could feel it. Even when I was in a coma, where people are not supposed to have conscious thought, and I'm just getting chills just thinking about it. You're not supposed to have conscious thought. I had very little brain activity. I knew I was surrounded. And I felt like <clears throat> I felt like they were battling for me almost. Like they were keeping things at bay. There is a picture that I saw in a bookstore once, and it was Michael. And he was standing over the bed of a child. And he was standing with just a staff and he looked just majestic and he looked so protective and just that image of standing there like this one's mine is honestly what it felt like like you're not coming here 
So it's my angel story. Thanks again for joining Chaplain Jody on Survivor Angels. For more information, go to chaplainjody.me. That's chaplainjody.me. And on Facebook at Survivor Angels-Chaplain Jody. Sound effects for the show created by Andre Opate and provided by Pixbay. This is Dave Schrader. Until next time, sending you off to activate your angels.